This is Rabbi Efren Goldberg with the honor of sitting in for David Lichtenstein. When I was younger, I had a Rebbe Rablachman who used to say, they'll put me in a box when I'm dead. It's very convenient in our world and the lives that we lead to look at others and try to sum them up, to try to characterize them or attach a label to others, to ourselves, to neatly fit people into a box. Whether it's dating websites or Shadchanim who ask, where do you fit exactly? How do you define yourself? Modern Orthodox, modern Orthodox Machmir, modern Yeshivish, Yeshivish. People are regularly and constantly trying to put people in a box, sum them up, be able to anticipate exactly who they are and how they behave. But life is not so neat. And while some people feel comfortable being limited or narrowly defined, many others, including myself, see ourselves as a composite of the beauty of the many worlds around us. You know, sometimes you have a, a rav, you go to a shul or you hear a shear and you only hear from that person's Rebbe. Chabad will sometimes only quote the Rebbe's of Chabad, or Chavetz Chaim, quote the Rosh Hashiva of Hanach, or Wayu Rabbanim, who only quote Rav Soloveitchik, and the list could go on. And then there's a world of people who look at the totality, the Shivan Panam of Torah, who are willing to, are willing to swim in the sea of Torah, and to be able to extract and combine and integrate to the best of their ability, this beautiful world. When Rav Asher Weishlita visited our community in Boca Raton, he once said, quote, Said the mission of a Jew is to have a litvish ahead and a chasidish heart, the honesty and integrity of a yeka, the tamimus and purity of a Hungarian, the covet of a Sephardi, the love of Eretz Yisrael, of a Tzioni, to take these best ideas and to integrate. Of course, he wasn't promoting stereotypes or suggesting these qualities are exclusively found in any of these groups. But he was asking us to not be so narrow. He was asking us to not create a tension or a battle or draw lines that divide but to be able to integrate and to be able to take and to be able to absorb, to be able to create what you could call the Shara Kolo. The Navi Yechezkel tells us that there were 12 gates into the Beis HaMikdash. Rav Chaim Vital and his priest Chaim Shara Tefillah says each of the 12 Shvatim, each of the 12 tribes, just like they had an entrance to the Beis HaMikdash, they had an entrance into the world of Tefillah, to davening, an avenue to connect to Hashem. There are 12 Nuschos HaTefillah, 12 heavenly gates that we, our tefillos, are able to ascend through. And almost 200 years later, after Rechaim Vital, the Magad of Mezrich and his Magad of Yaakov added that if somebody doesn't know your tribe, let's say you don't know, you don't fit in, or you don't have a specific Mesorah, or you don't feel entirely comfortable. So the Magad of Mezrich said that there was a 13th gate. And it is, what he said, corresponds to the Nusach of the Arizal, what the Magad called the Shar HaKol, the universal gate. For the person who doesn't fit neatly in, there's a 13th gate for that person to walk through. And perhaps in life in Hashkafa, not only in the Beis HaMikdash or in Tefillah, there's a Shara Kolo. For the people that don't neatly fit in, for those who are willing to explore and be curious, for those who are willing to, within boundaries and under guidance, under the Das Torah, be able to see and experience a little more breadth of Torah. When we had the discussion of having David Lichtenstein on our podcast called Behind the Bima, he told the following story. He said his son was once in Toronto, was dating, and he was worried for his son to drive through the night. So he has his own driver, and he wanted the driver to go to Toronto to pick him up to be able to drive him back. The driver said, I'm sorry, I can't go. So David didn't understand. He was an employee. What do you mean you can't go? I need you to do this. I'm hiring you to do this. So the driver said, I can't go. I don't have a passport. I can't cross country lines. I can't go into Canada. So David said, what do you mean? You're in your 60s. You're a retired policeman. You're an accomplished person. You don't own a passport. You've never been out of this country. And the shock that he had for that particular driver, David himself applied to the world of Torah, that a Jew needs to have a passport. You have to be willing to travel. You have to be willing to, to travel and experience and see the world and expand your mind in the Olam Torah. To be a sophisticated person, person sees the world, of course, 
within boundaries, within appropriateness, within halacha, when we see the world physically. And similarly within Torah, a person should have a passport. You should be willing to travel within Torah. Even if you come from one base medrash, a willingness to see and experience and learn from other bate medrash. Pasuk says about Yaakov Avinu that he was an Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. And many point out, it doesn't say he was Yoshev Ohal. It doesn't say that Yaakov Avinu locked himself and he was a Masmid in one particular tent. But rather it says Yoshev Ohalim, the yeshiva of Shem and the yeshiva of Aver. Whatever yeshivas were available in his time, whatever yeshivas within the Shimpanam of Torah, within the authentic, legitimate Bate Medrash of Torah, he went and he sat and he experienced. And so with our guest tonight, we'll explore. Does a person have to follow psak when it comes to Ashkafa? Do we say Asselacharav in Ashkafa? Or is there only a Mesorah? Are there only rigid boundaries when it comes to Halacha? But within Ashkafa, we are entitled or even invited to be able to be a Mavakesh, to go being curious and explore, to be inquisitive, to have a passport and to travel and to go and to see. At different stages of life, should a person not travel when they're young as a Bachar in their formative years and wait to be a little bit more accomplished, a little bit more mature, a little bit more secure in who they are? We'll have these discussions and ask these questions. A student of Rafutner once confided to Rafutner that he felt that his secular career meant he was living a double life. How could I be a, from a year to Ben Torah and also have a secular career? career? So Rafutner responded to the letter appears in Pachet Yitzchak Igris Uksovim that someone who switches between the room they rent in a hotel, the room they rent in a house, such a person is leading a double life. They have two different residences. But somebody who rents a house that has many rooms is really leading one life. So we don't have to cram into one room. Can we spread out across the house called Torah and explore and experience different rooms? When is that okay? Is it okay? Is it okay not to? If a person wants to unpack and settle in one room, is that also something which is worthwhile? These are the questions with our tremendously honored guests that I am grateful and excited to be able to welcome and to speak to this evening, Rav Weinberger and Rav Lopiansky. It's a great chust to be joined by Rav Lupiansky, Rashiva Yeshiva Greater Washington, a great uh, author, writer, and a spokesperson, Klaistro, who regularly gives us all a uh, expression of what we're thinking or what we should be thinking. Rav Lupiansky, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning, good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, Rav Lupiansky, we're speaking about today the, the Indian of the Shara Kolo. There are people who know exactly what Shara they walk through to the base of Mikdash. There are people who know what Shevet they feel they belong to. They learn in a particular base Medrash. They connect with a certain Hashkafa or a certain Rebbe. And there are others who are part of that Shara Kolo who take and draw the best from everything they see and try to integrate it into one sense of an Avodah Hashem, into one derech, into one approach. What does the Rosh Hashiva think are, are both the upside and the downside? What's the value and what are the risks of not fitting into a clear box, not belonging to one base medrash, hashkafa, or, or path, but being able to, to carve and to find one's own path by drawing from many around them. So I think, especially for a younger person, the, the, the problem is that we tend to just pick random things that attract us. In other words, a derech, a shar, means that there's a certain um, convergence, a certain um, aggregation of the different things to lead you somewhere. So if I could just maybe give a muscle, imagine somebody who wears clothing like everybody else. Everybody wears the same suit, everyone wears the same outfit, so you're kind of safe. A person who has extremely good taste may borrow different elements from different cultures and integrate it. And that person will look at as somebody who has got refined taste or something like that. But then there's a person 
who basically goes from house to house. So he, he stops off at the local uh, Salvation Army Depot and picks up stuff that people threw out and uh, wears it. So it's a collection of things, but but it adds up to nothing. It, it looks like the stuff that people dumped out that you're putting together. It, there's, there's a tendency, unfortunately, for people and to pick different things that might be interesting, exciting, offbeat, um, or satisfy some other psychological need, and it adds up to nothing. You know, you you um, look at one person and say, wow, this person is a broad person. And you look at the other person and say, this person is, I hate to use the word, a messed up person. And it, it depends a lot on the person's panemius. Is there seichel? Is there das? Is there hard work? Any Anything that, that doesn't require hard work and making do with some parts that are difficult is highly suspect. Um, I would like to use, there's a vart from this, I heard from the Siva Shalom. I don't remember if he said it himself or he quoted one of his rebeim. He said, it says in the Pasuk in Kufzai, in the, in the capital that uh, Mr. Sfarad says before davening Friday night, it says, Toba Midbar B'Yishimon Derech, Emoisha So, he, it, it, the, the Pasuk means they wandered in the desert, in a, in a desolate place, and couldn't find a city. He, he, he gave it a little bit of a Siddish touch, and he said, Toba Midbar, if you're wandering in a desert, B'Yishimon Derech, then desolation also becomes a derech. In other words, for people that are sort of muddled, wandering, they end up with with nothing in their hands. So the the um, the the clear issue is: Do you have a derech, and you add elements that are necessary for you, or are you just meandering around and you end up with a hodgepodge of disconnected things that don't bring you anywhere? So on the one hand, there's a downside, there's a danger where a person is not yes. integrated. They're not infused, right. they're confused. Uh, on the other hand, if someone is a genuine mavakesh, should they be able to experience and learn and open the svarim? Should they be exposed to different Rashi Yeshiva, but they medrash, different paths, a little chasidish, and a little asfari, ashkenazi, gedolim of different worlds. If you're a real mavakesh, Yaakov is described as Yoshev Ohalim. And I once saw a word that it doesn't say he's Yoshev Ohal, he's Ohalim, shame right. and Aver. He sees different Batei Medrash. So a genuine Mavakish, should they be so limited and narrow, or is there a reason to expand and to be a little bit broader? I think the reason many, including myself, are so drawn to Vlopiansky to the Rosh Hashiva is there's a, there's a sophistication and a nuance and a breath. It's not predictable, and it's not only one direction. So there's a danger if you can't integrate it, but there's also a certain danger of not broadening and seeing what's out there. A hundred percent, and I think there is a Hashgacha, um, in Europe, my father's Hanavracha was born in Lita and grew up in Lita, learned in, in Slabotka and uh, until the war. He was a grown person and he I don't think he ever saw a chassid in his life till the till the DP camps actually I think. I'm, no concentration camps and concentration camps. I I don't know what I don't know, they all look the same, but that was the first time he met Hungarian Jews. The worlds were very different, even though for us Germany and Poland and Lithuania and Hungary are laughably close. It's like, you know, it's like thinking that he never met a person from Chicago, but that was the reality, and the worlds were extremely distinct. Hashkocha has it that in America, in Eretz Yisrael, Hashkocha is brought together with a lot of mutual um, effect on each other. So the positive. So definitely, A, the general scope of Hashkocha seems to be bringing in positive elements, cross-fertilization. Definitely a person can supplement you know, no two people are the same, and it's like when you buy suits off a rack. 
inevitably it needs some alteration. So definitely for the person whose soul is thirstier for something to go and, and to experience if it's if it's regish, if it's if it, if it's doing things, if it's outreach, there are a lot of different things where people have specific needs, and it's wonderful that we have the ability to mix and match a bit today. But it's important that, especially the younger you are, to to have somebody give you feedback. Is it an escape or is it a broadening of your horizon? So, a there is obviously tremendous. Um, there's a tremendous advantage to being able to add and integrate elements. Um, it meets people's specific needs, but it's important that it be part of a, of a mature, thoughtful derech as opposed to what's exciting for the moment. So does Rashiva think different stages of life might, might there would be a different answer to this? Meaning Rashiva wrote the book Ben Torah for Life, an incredible manual right. that every every yeshiva buck or every yeshiva graduate should read to be a Ben Torah for Life. So sometimes in the formidable development stage of being in yeshiva as a bachar, even a Kol Yungalite, there's you're molding and you're still shaping and maybe it needs to be a little bit more narrow to be able to chop what that hashkafa is. But a lot of times people graduate that cocoon or that surrounding and now they're trying to apply and integrate it into the world and maybe where they came from doesn't speak to them as much. It's not mashali b'chafet. So now they're exposed to, they hear different rabbanim, they're in different shuls, they're reading different things, listening to different things, and they're drawn to different things. So maybe at a different stage of life, to remain a ben Torah for life is not to be narrow. Maybe even now it'll it'll give chizuk to be exposed to and to integrate, to discover new things that speak to people at different phases of life. Is it possible it, it applies differently at different stages? Yes. As a person, it has. it's not only different stages, it's it's also different maturity levels. Um, for the young person who is easily enthusiastic about something, um, you know, you always are worried the enthusiasm will wane, and he'll, if so, it's, he's going to be trapped in a in a limbo land. The when a person gets old, he's more mature, there's stability, and he finds that there's something in different places um, that add to him, then it definitely is something a person should, person shouldn't, should never be content. I, I, I want to share uh, a, a hispilus I had. It doesn't need my hispilus, this person, but something incredible. The Volbos of Racha was a was a big, big town of Rebiruchim. And everything he wrote and spoke and said and lived and dreamt was Rebiruchim. And he writes in his alley, sure. It's first Chelk and I sure that his, the, anything you find worthwhile here is is my attempt to recreate my Rebbe and his terror and so on. Now, at the age of, I believe it's 60, um, somebody came to Israel named Rev Hutner, and Revolba was very taken by him. I remember Revolba coming to the Mamorim and sitting in front with an ear bent, you know, he, he was hard of hearing, listening to every word. Um, and in second volume, Valet Shur, he writes about how Rev, anything you find new over here, different, is Rev Hutner, and he's a, he's a giant whose name will, get, will one day resonate in the world, and so on. Very, very, um, it, it, very extraordinary language about him. And I said to myself, you know, at the age of 60, most people are kind of beginning to sum up their affairs and writing their memoirs. And at 60, he was open enough where he discovered um, something that he hadn't discovered yet. And well, this is this is this is new. That that's a real mivakish. But if you if you look at the second Chelikavalishur, which purportedly was written afterwards, you see clearly. It's an integration. It's an extension. He didn't change religions. He sort of broadened it and broadened. Sfarni wouldn't have brought ideas, but it's it's the mature person's thinking 
and understanding taking in a bigger world. So, A, it, 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 it says a lot about a person that he's still open at age of 60 to see an, another shade of MS, another you of the MS that he hadn't had before. But you also see the maturity uh, of, of not, he didn't, he didn't dump religion for religion. He, he took it in. He was the same, it was the same das, but broadened and, and bringing more into that. So that's how I would present the ideal. A person is supposed to grow constantly. And uh, a person is, as he's, as he's exposed to more things, as Hashkacha has him exposed to more things, if he feels a personal need to seek further, then, then of course, um, that's great. But, but with the understanding that it's, it's digested and, and sort of integrated in the person. So there are people that we listen to, there are Rabbanim or Rosh Yeshiva, they only say over Torah singularly, exclusively from their Rebbe. Every Torah is from their Rosh Yeshiva, from their Rebbe. And, and you right. can go to Chabad and everything comes from Chabad. And sometimes the Why You Must Mach, everything's from Rosh Soloveitchik. And the Chavetz Chaim, the Rosh Chaim. And there are people who draw from all over. And, and you, the Rosh Yeshiva, are one of those people. Again, I think the reason the, reason the Rosh Yeshiva's writings are so beloved is there's no fear or apologetics or defensiveness to draw from many of the names I just mentioned and others and to, to weave together a very beautiful tapestry of Torah. So can, can the Rosh Yeshiva share a little bit in, in your avod, in your life, in different stages? What are different about the Medrash, different Rosh Yeshiva Gedolim, how, how have you tried to integrate it's such a magnificent world of Ashkenazim and Sephardim, of Litvish, Hasidish, of Yekas, of, of so much. How, how have you tried to draw? And are there areas that, that the Rosh Yeshiva still wants to explore and still wants to dive deeper into and to bring into his own life? Um, that's a, it, it's a hard question that a person look at himself, but... I never found it as a younger person when I was growing up. All, all the Bata Medrashim were not firm and set yet, and people, it was kind of normal to go to different Bata Medrashim in, in many areas. It just, you know, when I grew up, things were still at a very early stage, and, you know, they hadn't been set so firmly, and people would go from place to place. So that was part of natural um, growing up, I guess. Uh, I was in the mirror, which were which were extremely those were formative years. But I also heard the foot at the same time, and I never felt a contradiction. I never felt that, you know each one fulfilled a different role. Uh, then my Shapiro I was very close to, and my Shapiro and a footner both had the ability to draw different worlds and and be comfortable with it. it it's it's um, it, it's it's hard to explain. Rami Shapiro was clearly who he was, and he had a way of thinking and looking at things. He could understand so many different worlds. It was more in private conversations where he would speak about. He understood the mindset of different worlds and took and integrated in his own mindset. And that's why, to me, um, both Rav Hutner and Rav Shapiro, besides their incredible breath, which was really astounding, it also was natural. It wasn't like the martial I gave of of the um, you know going and and ending up with the clothing people throughout, and that's the common denominator. I don't know how it's throughout, but the, you know, or the, there used to be a martial in my days. The difference between a smorgasbord and and a schnorrer going from kiddush to kiddush and stuffing his pockets with different delicacies. There, there was a, a a sense of unity. It, it, it they didn't they understood the other worlds, understood it as they were, and took it and, and and made it part of their world in a way that fit with their world. And, and it, I guess it has to do with those people. They were, they were very big people and broad people and able to do it. So that's why I'm always, on the one hand, 
hearing something, seeing something different broadens a person, and being broad is 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 definitely uh, um, Godol includes incorporating many elements, but it it means that the person doesn't incorporate it randomly. It means incorporating it. Um, the word derech, a derech includes many, many different steps and passages. It include tunnels and bridges and forests and, and uh, who knows what. But the common denominator is there has to be all the points add up to, to get to some place. So there's always the back and forth. It's, it's on the one hand, Refuntan writes to somebody a letter. This person asked him, he doesn't understand why Refuntan's Torah is at all important. It's not halach, it's not this, not that. And Refutner answered him whatever he answered, and this person wrote back again, he doesn't understand. And Refutner again tries to explain, and then he says, and if this explanation still doesn't serve you, then Koiran Yalecha. So, so he, say, he says, I, it's okay, stay with what you have, and that's your Torah, and it's wonderful. That's an expression taken in Halacha. There's a category in Halacha Shabbos that if something dries out on a fire, and it's and sometimes it tastes better. It's it's crispier. So that's called bishul because even though it's normally drying out, but it's but but the drying out is 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 good for it. That that's the halachic meaning of that term. But he used it kind of as a uh, a, a, a phrase. Mitzvah for some people being dry is good for them. So people have natural inclinations, and and uh, for for some people they cannot. Uh, this is their world. It's a very intense, small world. And for other people, it's different. So the people that you speak about that have a very specific, very specific focus and perspective, and it's generally them, they hold up that base medrash. You know, the famous story of my Rebbe, Reb Nochem, that one Hanukkah was Baba Basimani Yeshiva, and Rebbe Vigda Nevensal, who was a cousin, came to visit. Um, Rebbe Vigda told him over a shtickle tale on Hanukkah. Reb Nochem replied, they had spoken learning a bit, and then Reb Nochem pointed at Barbasra, and we were holding in a sugya called Rokik. That's a, it's, it's, it's a tumor sugya, that's something blocking up a wall. It, it, it's as far removed from Yontif Teir as you can get. And Reb Nochem told him, you know, this is our Hanukkah. And this is the world. That was, Reb Nochem's world was, 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 was Gemara, Barbasra, Barbakama, this was our world, and that was Reb Nochem. It was generally Reb Nochem. That's why it had such a positive impact in Shiva, because that was his world. Uh, I, Reb told me he once went to visit Reb Nochem on Leil Hosanna Rabbah, and he walked into Reb Nochem's sukkah. Reb Nochem was sitting with a Trumas Akri. Trumas Akri is a brother of it's, it's, it's like a part of the Ketais uh, in uh, Sefer. And Reb Moshe told me I had tears in my eyes. He said, there's one Yidin Shalayim who's Hosanna Rabbah is Trumas Akri. Now, Ramay Shapiro was into Kabbalah, was into many other things, and Ashina Rabbi. But there's somebody in Shrine, this is Ashina Rabbi. And, and it was, there was, there was a, there was a Shlemus in it. This was 24-7 him. And it was very beneficial to sit and learn Baba Kama from somebody whose to- totality is immersed in it. But different people are different. And uh, Ramay Shapiro found other worlds that he needed and incorporated them. So it depends on the person. It is certainly a person who who has needs for other halakim that, that has to be incorporated. It, he's not going to be happy till it's till it's there. And this is his derech. But the caveat is always that it be done on a certain basis of solidity, maturity, and derech. 
it's going someplace. You see the person is is growing and not just sped all over. Because I, I wish we, we have so much more to talk about in this area. We only have time for one more question. If the Rosh could talk about what, what's the beauty from different communities, if we could describe what's worth integrating from the Litzvashem, Yeshivashem, the Hasidashem, the Yekiz, and the Sardim, what, what is the Rav when he looks at each of these distinct Hashkaf, Hashitas, Batei Medrash? What's, what's worth admiring and trying to learn from one another? So... And um, we'll start with the with the tzibur that is my tzibur. Obviously, the main uh, I come from literature background, and in, in, in both my father and the uh, yeshiva and so on. I would say that the central part of the person would be seichel and das, and waiting with seichel and das act act upon uh, the seichel and das that I think is very. Uh, Again, this is my my world, my chinuch, and that at the end of the day, people have to be able to use das to decide where and how we're going. There's the warmth of Hasidus. There is the um, dignity of different groups. And again, I don't even have to name the groups. Learning dignity, learning integrity, learning um, how to deal with the world outside in a way that evokes respect in terms of how we interact with people, how we conduct ourselves, how we articulate ourselves, um, doing things with passion and, 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 and dedication. I think many of those qualities, depth in understanding um, our, our connection to Kaddish Baruch Hu, which sort of crosses the Chassidish and the world, which I guess Chabad was sort of the protagonist of it. All of these, so I would say the, the, the das and the control that the das has over the person if of the literature world, I would say the warmth and the sham of the chassidish world, I would say the dignity of the yekisha world, the presentation, articulation of, of the people who, who try to, to, I guess in some ways comes off the actual world, but try to present ourselves to the world and interact in the world in a way that brings about Kiddush Hashem, because you see the, the person is not cutting corners, the person acts and conducts himself with Derek Heretz, and the people forget Derek Heretz, it doesn't only mean working for living, Derek Heretz is, is a way of conducting yourself, a way of presenting yourself. Um, the, 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 the passionate commitment that I think some of the society worlds have, the beauty that some of them have, it, it's, you know, they also consist of many, many worlds. Those, those are the things. I think Hashkachas brought it together in ways that it, it, it was unthinkable. People, it, people in Europe probably didn't know Jews existed in Yemen and vice versa. And today, HaKadosh Baruch who has made it that on one block, you can have this, this, and this. Is this the signs of, of, of Gula? I don't know. But, but uh, walk in big Jewish communities... And you're able to be to, to be tying things that you never had before. Um, the the fact that the, the, you know you have an it, it, the, the integration of the communities has brought um, has brought some some conflict, but has brought a lot of um, mutual gain because we're able to pick up good things. Lepiansky, it's such a beautiful image and a beautiful description, and, and really brings it all to life. Thank you for all that you do, and thank you for spending time with us today. Okay, the Sedegamar Kaltov and Yashakar for what you do. I know the same Shim Holof Fanecha as a Rav who is a model for Abanim and does the same a lot of continuing Atzlocha. I understand correctly, the Boca community is one of the most growing, if not the growing Jewish community in, in America. And there's Hashem, Shigum Mikhail Al Chayel, there's Hashem. Okay, hi, good. Thank you.